0: everybody. Good morning. This is Dr. Ryan Berlin and my wife.
1: Ashley, good morning. Glad to be here.
0: And uh, you're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station, this fine Sunday morning. Um, We're just glad you joined us. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. And if you've been listening to us for a while now, then you know you're in for uh, just some real health solutions without drugs and surgery. We're going to be talking about how to really maximize our health um, just a couple things, if you guys are um, interested in anything we're teaching today, you want to learn more, a couple ways of checking us out. Ash, why don't you give them the phone number?
1: Yeah, it's 513-755-3583.
0: And then on the web, you can find us at alignhealthcenter.com, A-L-I-G-N, com. And uh, if you guys miss anything during the show... We're podcasted, so we're on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes if you have any sort of Apple product, um, and uh, you can go and search for us there at Align Your Health. Or if you are using an Android or something like that, you're not left out. You can go to Dr. Ryan Live, D R R Y A N L I V E, drryanlive dot com. Click on Menu and then click on Podcast. Yes. So let's get into what we're talking about today. We're talking about the uh a week or two ago we went over uh, back to school talking about ADD ADHD and then uh to you know coincide with that we actually also talked about um depression anxiety a little bit because they have similar pathways in the brain
1: which is really interesting a lot of people you know didn't know that connection and we had some awesome feedback on that episode so thank you guys
0: yeah motivation emotion stress and mood are all kind of regulated in the same area, but this week we're going to be talking about the brain too. But this week we're going to be talking specifically about brain health, um, particularly as it applies to brain fog and dementia.
1: Yes, big connection between those two.
0: Yeah, and I think that most of us have experienced brain fog, whether it's we didn't get a good night's sleep, um, you know, we we ate a, ate meals that we normally wouldn't eat, or um, right. maybe had. A couple glasses of wine, and then needed a cup of coffee in the morning, and just her feeling a little rough. But um, and we've
1: even had patients who you know got on a medication.
0: Yeah, medications can create brain fog. There's certain right. chemicals that can create it, but I think most people have dealt with that. But I don't think most people realize that that the chronic issues that that can arise from long term, um, you know, symptoms of brain fro- fog can actually lead to. Alzheimer's and dementia later on. So first, you know, before we get started, let's talk about, you know, the the brain as an organ and just really what happens when we're under stress.
1: Right. So sometimes stress is the problem and prolonged stress, it leads to anxiety, um, depression, poor decision making, insomnia and even memory loss. So, I mean, I know I've personally experienced that myself where I I will feel more anxious in periods of prolonged stress. And so I'm sure you can relate to that. Um, But stress can literally cause your brain to shrink.
0: Yeah, literally. I mean, there have been studies shown that um, just the overall uh, size and the number of neurons actually can decrease when we're under stress.
1: So when you hear that you're probably thinking that sounds bad. And you're right, it is. Yeah, it's, it's it's really bad. I every mean,
0: bit like, as bad as it sounds that right. when you start losing neurons, here's the big thing. Um so we have a we have a um gentleman that we've followed for years. He's considered the conscience conscious conscience of modern day psychiatry. His name is Peter Bregan, and I've had the opportunity of listening to him speak on a couple occasions. occasions. Yes. And Peter Bregan um, literally talks about how our brain, we only know about 10% of what it even does. Yep. All the scientists, all the studies, all the neurologists, all the um, doctors say neurology in the world, they only know about 10% of what our entire brain actually does, and they don't know what 90% of it even is or or what's going on. Um, we know about as much about our brain as we do about our own um, galaxy.
1: <laughs> or about as much as we know about the opposite sex. Yeah, <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> Probably less. Probably less. We probably know less about the opposite side. (laughs) Exactly. Um, That's funny. I like that. (laughs) So, so here's the thing: is that we got to focus on what we do know, and we have to assume that the ninety percent we don't know about responds very similarly to the ten percent we do. Um, What we do know is this: that we don't really have any uh, business introducing chemicals into a system that we don't even know what ninety percent of it does. We shouldn't be trying to. Uh, drug ourselves back towards health when we don't even know how the other 90% of our brain responds when we already know that 10% of our brain tends not to respond very well. It responds very
1: poorly to it. Yeah. So why would it Why would it yeah. make any sense that it would respond well when we, yeah. Yep. So it the big the things
0: we want to focus on are things like proper sleep, diet, exercise, prayer, meditation. And then we're going to talk about the chiropractic portion with nervous system checkups to reducing stress because there's You know, there's actually Nobel Prize research, right? Mm -hmm. That says that 90% of the health and function of our brain is dependent on proper movement of the spinal column. That's like what that means is when your spine isn't moving properly. Like, if you're listening right now, what I want you guys to do is look to your right, look to your left, see how much range of motion you have. Try to extend your head forward, backward, you know, move in your chair. And if you feel any stiffness or if you have any pain or any issues there, what that means is there are subluxations and misalignments and or fixations in your spine that are creating stress in your nervous system, and those are directly affecting the health of your brain.
1: You know what's interesting about that that list that you read? So the proper sleep, diet, exercise, prayer, meditation, and nervous system. If you hear that list and and, and you're thinking, oh, I'm really good at that prayer piece, or I'm really good at that diet piece, or... I have sleep, you know, completely locked down and it's good. Then you need to be focusing on the thing that you're not doing.
0: Well, so here's the thing. Yeah. When I ask people, all right, so poor sleep, diet, exercise, prayer, meditation, nervous system checkups, which one's the most important?
1: Oh, <laughs> I like this. Oh, I think I know the answer because yeah. we we've been together ten years. <laughs> I feel like I know the answer. It's the one you're not doing.
0: Absolutely, yes, absolutely. I'm glad I got you know, it. You right. nutrition's important, sleep is important, exercise are important, but the the most important thing is the thing that you're not doing. If all of those are extremely important to our health, so here here's what we know is that um, sleep. Everyone has like sleeps, right? Like nobody doesn't sleep. Right. I mean, you may have trouble sleeping, but everyone sleeps. Everyone eats, right? Everyone moves around to some extent. Now, maybe they don't exercise a lot, but they're moving. Right. Prayer and meditation, not everyone does all of those. Sure. But I'll, I'll tell you right now, we know only about 11% or more of the population are actually under regular chiropractic care. Yep. So, most people, that's the, from the general public, that's the one key missing piece in a lot. Uh, That, and I would say prayer and meditation, you know, but we got to dial them all in. Here's the reality is that stress literally damages our brain-body connection. So although our brain stops growing in adulthood, new nerve cells are continually being generated uh, in an area of the brain called the hippocampus. That's where they're essential for learning. So scientists have long known that chronic stress literally inhibits neurogenesis or new nerve cell growth and what's that lead to?
1: It leads to depression.
0: Yeah. Overexposure to stress hormones too causes memory impairment. So what are we talking about today? What conditions?
1: We're talking about long-term brain damage which leads to depression, dementia, Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease.
0: Awesome. I mean that's exactly why why we're doing the show. You know, think about how, you think about right now how big of a problem that's become, like when I was young, you just didn't hear about dementia and Alzheimer's except for maybe someone who, you know, they got old and they, they went a little crazy when they got older and lost, lost their, uh, you know, their, um, their memory, lost their right, mind, their sensibility right. a little bit it became, I mean, literally we, we talked about more about dementia when I was younger than, than Alzheimer's, but Alzheimer's is this huge, diagnosis that you just hear. It's like everyone in their family, ha- everyone has someone in their family or someone you know, fairly close to them right. that has suffered from this problem.
1: And it's interesting to see it. And like, so, I mean, um, my grandmother had Alzheimer's and all, she was one of 13 siblings and all 13 siblings had either Alzheimer's or dementia. And so when I was growing up, there was a lot of talk about on my dad's side, like that's just the path.
0: Yeah, they thought it was genetic, probably. They
1: thought it was genetic. They thought that, you know, this is just like, you know, like from a, a long time, I remember, you know, a lot of discussions between my mom and my dad and, and them talking about, you know, like them being very fearful about my dad getting older and having Alzheimer's or dementia and, you know, talking to us kids about, you know, like the reality of what that could look like. So interestingly enough, I mean, th- here's the thing. Here Here's the hopeful thing when I hear these things. Is that that doesn't have to be my path?
0: Well, you've been studying epigenetics now for a while. In fact, you're working sure. on a certification in epigenetics. You know, you know as well as anybody um, knows. You know that right. um, that our environment and the choices we make and the things we do actually dictate that path. And the one thing your family had in common was what.
1: Um, they all grew up on a farm together and they, they had a rampant use of very toxic chemicals. Yeah,
0: and they ate the, the same foods. They ate the same and foods. And they lived in the same house they lived and they in the same you know house, what I mean yep, like yep. it's the environment and so where we used to think oh it's genetic like it's all in this one family well the, you got to remember like when we're in a family like we tend to do the same things. Right. And we have the same ancestry and so even though it's not genetic in the way we think about it being passed down passed down passed down our our uh Ancestors have done things that have altered the DNA code that gets passed on, but we have to do things and change it, right? To alter it back so that we can pass on different genes and right. really change the 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 script, so to speak, for our future generations. Exactly,
1: we turn on and off all of those gene expressions. Absolutely. If you
0: guys don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our show on genetics and why your DNA isn't your destiny. Um, if you like that one, and if that if that really um, challenges like what your previous thoughts have been. Man, share that. Get on Facebook. Share that with some friends and family. Email it out to them. Uh, that was just one of my favorite shows. You know, we're going to really start breaking this down, but I want you guys to understand that most of the stuff that we focus on, what are we focusing on? the The following, this is really a reliable estimate of what people worry about, right? So I just did some research on this, and and things that never happen, 40% of our worry and stress comes from things that never happen.
1: And I might argue that 90% of my (laughs) worry and stress are things that never actually
0: happen. 30% of what we focus on is stuff that's already happened in the past. Right. So 70% is either something that's already happened that it's not going to affect you any more than it already has, per se, Right. and and 40% of it's stuff that's never happened Then we have about 12% that are needless worries about our health, meaning things that aren't going to end up happening in our health.
1: Right. And that could be really high for some people. I mean, you know, honestly, this is one of the most great, like, why I feel so much gratitude about... Like meeting you, Ryan, and you coming to my life, and you teaching me the principles of health and healing—is that honestly? I would say that needless worries about my health really consumed my thoughts for a really long time. Even well, with at a your young family, age, with your
0: family history, it's you know, it's I mean, you had dementia and Alzheimer's, heart disease, heart disease, cancer, and cancer. Yep, we had and everything. So, cheese. I, I didn't know what I was getting into on this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know, right? You you gonna have to be filled in a physical form if you believe the yeah. genetics are your. Well, destiny. honestly, like
0: let's be honest though. What's the first thing when we started dating? The first thing before I'd come visit you, I said you had to go do
1: go see a chiropractor, and I did. You know, and you know for, for those of you
0: who are listening, that may sound crazy, but I wanted to make sure that the person I might end up spending the rest of my life with was even open the idea of a different form of healthcare.
1: And here, this is listen. This is way off the script, but we're just going down this road here. Um, when I when you said that, when you said listen, like if we're going to date, I want you to go find a chiropractor, go see a chiropractor. And, um, I did, I wanted to, because I had some, you know, health conditions that I was, I was battling. And so I found one, do you know what I had to do? I literally thought of, and this is, you know, shows just how much the landscape has changed, but I found my biggest hippie friend and I called her and I thought of who's the only person I know that would go see a chiropractor. And I called her and I said, do you see a chiropractor? And she said, absolutely. And she gave me the name of a chiropractor and I went and saw him.
0: Anyway. So here... I love that. <laughs> so here's the reality is that what we focus on, only 8% of our entire focus is on real legitimate worries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, in short, 92% of the average person's worries take up valuable time, cause painful stress and mental anguish. So here's what we're going to do. Over the next hour, we're going to be talking about what is really there that you can be focusing on so that... S- forget the 92% and yep. let's go straight to... The, the 8% that's legitimate that we can actually affect and change. We're going to talk about nutrition, chiropractic. We're going to talk about Alzheimer's, dementia, and we're going to be breaking this down. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, The Talk Station. I feel glorious, glorious. Got a to start again. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, The Talk Station. We are back and talking about Alzheimer's and dementia being on the rise and what we can do because the reality is if, if you wait until there are signs of it before you start to take action, it's way too late.
1: Way too late. In
0: fact, if some of you unfortunately have a family member that's there, um, the reality is that damage has actually been taking place in most cases for 20, 30, 40, sometimes even 50 years. Right. And so there are things that you can do to help, um, in some of those situations, but the big thing is right now that we have to take responsibility for our own health and really be um, seizing the day and, and kind of uh, you know, taking the, the current moments captive and, and changing things right now here 's the reality is younger family members are footing the bill for this problem um, so some of you listening are doing this you know the cost for good quality senior homes right now is about uh, somewhere between three to five thousand a month is a pretty I would say that's a pretty um, average, if if not if not even just low conservative or estimate. Con, yeah, conservative estimate.
1: And I don't think anybody wants to do um, be there. You know, like not you know physically. Obviously, physically, nobody really wants to go to that space. Nobody
0: wants to be in a nursing home.
1: Nobody wants to be in a nursing home. Nobody
0: wants to visit anybody in a nursing home.
1: You no, know, that's the truth too. And I'll say this: like, I don't think any parent is envisioning for their life. That they're going to be putting this on their kids where, you know, they're going to have to make yeah, those no decisions No parent about, wants
0: their kids to have to do that for them.
1: Right. To make that decision about putting I mean, somebody in their own home. And, that's
0: a big... That's a, like, that's a house payment, or for some people, two or three times the amount of a house payment. Right. And arguably, somebody's house payment usually is their largest expense. Right. And then now, if you don't clean up your lifestyle and you go in the direction of developing Alzheimer's, you're putting two to three times the amount... Of a house payment, or maybe a big house payment if you have a huge house <laughs> and you're putting that on your parents <laughs> yeah, or on exactly. your children on your rather. Children.
1: yep exactly, um, so
0: let's hit some of the what are some of the major warning signs of a declining brain, like how would people know if they're moving in the direction of it
1: right so um I mean these
0: are things that you need to be taking very, very, very seriously right now, and they some of these don't sound um they don't sound like. Symptoms of a disease, but you really have to pay attention to these. And if you're experiencing any of these, then what I really want you to do is pay close attention to what we talk about later on in the show.
1: Right. So if you forget where you put things and we're talking about um, names, faces, important due dates, appointments, that kind of thing um, repeatedly. So and then if you also have difficulty remembering conversations that you recently had or something that you just read. And The third thing is that you might forget what you wanted to say mid-sentence, All right? Number number four would be you stumble on your words. You're suffering from lapses in concentration, being scatterbrained. And number five is that you regularly experience brain fog, where you can't think clearly or your thought process is slowed or murky.
0: Yeah, so brain fog, that's an interesting one. You know, what it is, is it's it's really not a medically recognized term. It's commonly used... You know as a phrase, people will, like sum up feelings of confusion or forgetfulness, but basically you just feel like you can't think, um, which may be frustrating, even downright, frightening. Um, if you go to Bebrainfit.com, dot com you can read a little bit on some of the stuff we're talking about today. that's one great resource, but you know brain fog long term brain fog uh, long term you know uh, really brain fog is the uh, it's the symptom of chronic Inflammation, really, in the brain. So all the things we're going to be talking about are related to brain inflammation. Um, Brain inflammation is what leads eventually to dementia, Alzheimer's, and brain aging. Right. So the risk of developing those.
1: Right. If you're 65 years old, you have a 1 in 8 chance of suffering from a significant cognitive decline. And by the age of 80, the chances are 1 in 2 um, that you will suffer from Alzheimer's disease or some other form of dementia.
0: Wow. So we're going to be talking about the five routes to dementia and Alzheimer's disease. I just want to share a couple stories. Um, I adjusted a patient for the first time about a week ago. And I was actually at a friend's restaurant and he, uh, he was talking to me and asked me to adjust one of his staff. She was having a headache and uh, I did so. And after adjusting her she literally got up and the first thing she said, well she goes wow, she's like that was incredible and she literally goes I feel like I can think better.
1: Yes. It's and then so good.
0: A couple minutes went by and she's like I just can't believe how like different I feel. She goes I feel like I'm I can hear things differently. Yes. Another 30 seconds a minute go by and she's like I feel like my sinuses are opened up. And so you guys have got to understand that your, your neurology, your brainstem and your spinal cord, um, they're directly connected to your brain. In fact, most of the memory processing, most of mood and sensory and some of these things that tie into memories, they're actually tied in right at our level of our brainstem. So they're not even brain issues, they're brain stem issues. And so when there are problems in the spine, you know, if you've been texting on your phone, you got your head down, you're looking at your phone all the time. Or if you're if you've been working at a desk in front of a computer
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right for the last three, four, five decades. Right. If you sleep on your stomach with your head turned to one side for six, seven hours a night. Instead of of sleeping on your back or
1: I used to be really guilty of that your side
0: You know, if you have some loss of range of motion or or even if you ever get neck pain or headaches all of those are classic signs of a very serious condition that starts off subtle but you won't know that it's actually creating damage to your brainstem and maybe spinal cord and literally shutting down cognitive function shutting down you know all these things all those things what they all had in common from her sinuses to her thinking process and and her um her ability to breathe and her ability to um what was the other one she said? She said, uh, Oh, hearing,
1: hearing yep. is that
0: they all tie in to the brain stem and the spinal cord. Uh, I want to tell another story. This is about a friend. So, and, you know, we're going to get into the five rows to Alzheimer's disease, but I want you guys to know that um, I have a friend whose grandmother has Alzheimer's disease really badly, like for years and years and years, four or five years, she didn't recognize any of the family, didn't know their names. You know, she'd ramble about random stuff, but every now and then, um, things will get so bad that um, she'll actually become extremely dehydrated. They can't draw blood. They can't do certain things. So they'll put her on an IV of fluids, and they'll put about a gallon of uh, fluids through her um, right away, and a couple of gallons sometimes a day, a gallon to maybe a gallon and a half a day. And what's crazy is when they start putting all the fluids back into her, um, her memory comes back like crazy. Yes, and she starts remembering family members and remembering things. And so this just goes to show you that um, one of the steps you can take right now is put down the coffee, put down the alcohol, put down the sodas, put down the tea, and start drinking more water.
1: Oh, yes, that's huge. And if you're drinking alcohol at 730 this morning, yeah. <laughs> that's aggressive. <Yeah. laughs> that's aggressive. No, but but seriously, the hydration is huge. Yeah, our,
0: so our body is like 60 to 70% water, and we need to be consuming lots of it. And uh, the research says we should be consuming roughly, you remember the amount?
1: Oh, half your body weight in ounces.
0: Yep. So if you're a 200-pound individual, which hopefully most of us are smaller than that, unless you're tall like me, but if you're (laughs) a 200-pound individual, you should be drinking about 100 ounces of water a day. And if you're drinking coffee, tea, alcohol, or soda at all, which ideally we cut back as much of those um, as possible. I drink one cup of coffee every day. But I make sure that I'm adding in extra water because that coffee is actually diuretic and it's taking right. hydration out of my system. What is why is that important? Because the the more dehydrated we are, the more inflammatory we are. Yeah. So if, if if there's nothing else to take away today, you know, other the chiropractic and the nutrition and all these things, at least start picking up and drinking more water. Right. And starting there. And then the next ones we're gonna go over, there's five routes really to Alzheimer's and dementia.
1: I love what you said though, and that's story. and I just have to I just have to ask this question because this popped into my head. When you were talking about the brainstem, you can actually have a subluxation that is putting pressure on your brainstem. Is that true, true. or false? True. True.
0: Yep. C1, C one C C one, C two. So the base of your skull. Um, The way it articulates with the first vertebra, the way the first vertebra articulates with the base of your skull, and the second vertebra, and the way the second vertebra is moving in relationship with the first vertebra—that relationship is super important. If you look at those three bones from the side, they should all be parallel to each other. If you look at them from front to back, they should all be straight. And if they're not, then they're putting a tremendous amount of stress on the brainstem. I mean, we see this with kids early, like ADD, ADHD. I mean, let's go back even further: colic, ear infections, sinus problems allergies asthma those are signs that a kid has a brain stem issue and a subluxation in their upper neck
1: and then as they grow if yeah, they're then, not then checked then
0: becomes then it becomes headaches right then it becomes um you know as they're older ADD ADHD Wow. um you know uh, mood disorders anxiety like in kids and they're exhibiting anxiety at a young age um we see things like uh, you know, like you said, sinus problems and allergies in that age group. And then and then here's the thing. If you've ever been in a car accident, if you've ever played football or a sport that was really aggressive or, you know, another warning sign for a subluxation in the area of your spine. And the reason we're talking about this is because those subluxations long-term lead to dementia and Alzheimer's.
1: Right. Like right. we
0: have patients who come in with brain fro- fog, early signs of early onset dementia, and we started adjusting them and it goes away. Like, Right away.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's really remarkable.
1: God created our bodies to heal.
0: Yeah, and they don't need help. They need a lot. They don't need interference. And we have so much interference in our lives physical interference on our spine, but we also have a lot of interference through our nutrition and through other things. So our bodies don't need a lot of help to heal, they need no interference. And if there's interference, which honestly, like dementia, and Alzheimer's, probably a lot of these people, the subluxations that are in their spine go back to their own births. That's incredible. So I mean, so they've been walking around here. The yep. research out of Harvard said eighty percent of children checked at birth had a blocked Atlanta occipital nerve. That means there was pressure on the nerves coming off their brainstem. Eighty percent. So what does that mean? What percentage of adults have been walking around with subluxation in their spine their whole life? Oh, eighty percent. Minus the ones who get adjusted.
1: So can you tell that someone has a subluxation on their brainstem?
0: Uh, I can tell that by, in a lot of cases, just looking at them. Wow. If you walk up to a mirror with your, you know, walk into your bathroom, stand in front of your mirror, okay. close your eyes, you know, try to stand as, as straight as you think you're standing, then look in the mirror. If you have a head tilt and a high shoulder, you have an upper cervical subluxation. If you have someone look at you and you draw a line through the center of your eyes, through your nose and your chin, right? If you imaginary line, and then you draw a line through your sternum down to your pelvis, if those lines don't match up, if your head's kind of shifted over your body when you're standing in a neutral position, you have a massive subluxation. If somebody looks at you from the side and your head's forward out in front of your body, you have this forward head posture, there's a tremendous amount of stress right now in your brainstem. And that is going to lead to things like dementia, Alzheimer's, and and dysfunction with cognitive dysfunction.
1: So if we know that stuff right now, there's absolutely no reason why we should go one more day Without getting that check to see if we have a subluxation on our brainstem. It's period. literally
0: one of the most important things we could do is check people for subluxation because it's something that destroys their life. It would be like, you know, knowing that there's a possibility of developing cavities, losing all your teeth and not having your teeth and then, you know, being skeptical about brushing them. Right. Or 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 just being lazy about brushing them. Right. You know, we have we have a three and a five-year-old. And so like last night, I'm trying to get Hudson to brush his teeth and he's like, <laughs> you know, he's in bed. Fu- he actually told me he did. And then I smelled <laughs> his breath and he didn't. And so...
1: That's a great you check. Know, so
0: like a three-year-old or five-year-old, that's normal is to, sure. um, you know, just not take it seriously. But like, we're all adults here listening. And if you've never been checked for subluxation, you've never been to a chiropractor, like literally it's one of the most... Like we'll, we'll, we'll assume that it's out of ignorance because you didn't know, right. but now it's not now, you know, so now it's literally out of negligence and it's out of, um, Absolutely. you know, just, just not, not taking care of yourself wisely. Absolutely. So that's you. I want you to give us a call. Like, let's figure out what's going on. Let's help you out. You can give us a call at 513-755-3583. Um, every week we have five appointment spots open for anybody who calls in and wants to get checked because we are booked. We're seeing, we're on track to see, I think 60 new patients this month, 70 new patients this month. Um, we're going to see like 400 patient visits this week. It's just a fun place to be. And in all that craziness, we make sure that we keep five appointments available for you so that, um, you can come in and get checked and and really see, you know, what we do and, and we can begin to help you. So You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. I'm sitting here with my beautiful bride, Ashley Berlin, and we're discussing something that has impacted our families, um, which is dementia and Alzheimer's. And we are um, just talking about how it starts off with brain fog and and some things that maybe we don't take serious enough sometimes and we're going to be talking about some of the things that we need to watch out for the top 5 pathways really um to ending up with uh alzheimer's or dementia but uh we also just want to talk about some of the things that maybe we do um and some of the things that we do maybe regularly that we think are doing um you know positive things for us that unbeknownst to us, are actually creating some damage. So um, number one, five pathways that would lead us towards dementia or Alzheimer's. Right. The first one is actually what they're, they're now naming Alzheimer's, certain forms of it, right. type 3 diabetes.
1: That's an, That's literally just when I was reading this, blew my mind.
0: And what they mean by that is there's faulty insulin signaling that is the underlying cause of insulin resistance, which typically leads to type 2 diabetes. Researchers have found that when insulin signaling in the brain is disrupted, it results in disme- uh, dementia, hence the suggestion that Alzheimer's may be brain, a brain-related form of diabetes. Even mild elevations of blood sugar... A level of around 105 to 110, which honestly, when I test people, most of them test kind of close to that range. Right. Those can be associated with elevated forms of dementia. Um, so, what knowing that abnormal, you know, insulin, you know, production, abnormal uh, firing of signals that are releasing insulin can be part of the problem. Then we really need to try to reduce our insulin response, which means we have to be eating in a way. That isn't signaling the release of more insulin. So, what's right. the number one food that we eat that signals the release of insulin? Sugar. Yeah, I it's mean there always are many
1: sugar. And when we're, listen, we're not trying to reduce it; we're reducing it. Like period. You know, like period. That's that's the answer. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's an it's absolutely like you have to cut out the sugar.
0: Well, here's the problem though. It's not being reduced in the foods on the market. In fact, it's being nope. increased. Yep. So even like um, the most dangerous places, you think about salad dressings, condiments, soups, you eat out at restaurants, your average meal probably has 100 or more grams of sugar, um, sometimes even more than that. Uh, so it's not being reduced there. Uh, we're having consumption of things, even you know, not just soda anymore. It used to be soda was the drink, but now it's like you go to Starbucks and you get a uh Frappuccino or you go to uh people drinking these energy drinks, you know, monsters, Red Bull, yeah. stuff like that. Um but how about this? How about like bread? They add extra sugar to bread. Oh, um, it's enriched you go,
1: sugar, folic acid, yeah, everything. Ev- everything's
0: everything's yeah. has added sugar to it. And you know, especially when we're eating out, so you know, it's it's not it's not being reduced anywhere else. So we have to we have to you know, really be going out of our way to avoid it at all costs.
1: Absolutely. And sitting down, you know, with coffee and a donut for breakfast.
0: Here's the fact is most people have no no idea how much sugar they're consuming. Right. Most of the sugar we consume is actually hidden and it's hidden in a lot of processed foods. So I'm going to tell you guys, you ready? Here's what the research says. The research says that you're eating no less than a pound of sugar a day. Wow. So, what that means, and, and the average person is eating about a 10 pound bag of sugar every week.
1: 10 pound bag of sugar.
0: So, when you go to the store and you buy a bag of sugar, that's usually a five pound bag. Yeah. And the big one's the 10 pound bag. And the average person, now this is average. Like, this is you take everyone in the United States and you average their sugar consumption. The average is a 10-pound bag of sugar. For those of you who know you have a sweet tooth, for those of you who know you eat out too much, for those of you who eat um, lots of you know, packaged foods or processed foods, if you are listening right now and you consume soda on a daily basis, your consumption is way higher than that because yeah. I'm not eating a whole lot of it yeah. and somebody's eating mine.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about that is that if, if you're somebody right now who's thinking, there's no way that I eat a 10-pound bag of sugar on a weekly basis. You're wrong. You're wrong. I guarantee you do. And and start looking. Start looking at the hidden. You know, because I mean, you know, look, there there might be some people that are listening that are like, uh, eh, that's probably me. You know, uh, like I start out with a donut. I you know yeah, have yeah, a piece of cake. Yeah. I like you know I can yeah. see where it would add up to that. So say
0: you're doing a really good job. And you're only right. cons- you're only consuming four pounds of it a week.
1: Right. No, but you're. St- what I'm saying is that you're it's still, still getting a lot it. of sugar. Like you're still getting it. And start. Turn on that lens of looking at things through like the breads, the pastas, the enriched things, the sugary drinks, the, you know, anything where where we're getting hidden sugar in the sauces. All
0: right. So here's two facts here for this one. Excess sugar consumption is linked to raising uh, obesity rates and also most diseases like cancer, heart disease and Alzheimer's, according to research. How about this? Currently, there are no suggestions whatsoever or any recommendations from the USDA when it comes to limits on sugar on U.S. food labels.
1: Come on.
0: So there's no recommendations as to how much sugar should be in something or limiting sugar to be allowed in anything. Like, there's not even a recommendation as to how much should be in something.
1: Come on.
0: So it's funny, but here's the thing is the USDA is the U.S.
1: I don't Oh, U.S. Drug Administration, yeah, right. Yeah,
0: the U.S. Yep. Food and Drug, uh, yep. uh, the F, sorry, the FDA is the Food and Drug Administration, right. and so the with the FDA, the company that's making recommendations based on food is also the company that's responsible for it, you know administering and, and evaluating drugs, oh, and boy. then they're heavily tied into the pharmaceutical uh, companies. So why would they be recommending reducing sugar when on the back end? All the money's made, even even in politics, all the money is made on disease.
1: You guys listen, we're gonna tell you the truth right here, right? So so we speak the truth into it. And and when you take here's the problem is that a lot of times, and we heard this from one of our great mentors mentors, Dr. Charlie Majors, a lot of times when you take a prescription, people view it as a permission slip to keep living life exactly the way they're living it and not make any changes and hoping and putting their faith in this pharmaceutical to somehow change their biochemistry to be able to accept copious amounts of sugar or accept smoking or accept alcohol or accept whatever it is in your life that you don't want to change. But you're, but you're putting your faith in this prescription that I can just take this prescription and then my health is going to be fine because somehow this is chemically going to make everything. Okay.
0: The reality is that drug is doing nothing less than just physiologically Uh, numbing you to the symptoms or the effects of the problem, chemically manipulating things and the cause, the thing that you were doing, the thing that you were doing to actually cause the problem. If you don't change it, you're still doing it. So now you have to heal twice. You have to heal from the original thing that you were doing to cause a problem and now you have to heal from all the damage that those drugs are going to do to other parts in your body
1: and like here's the fact of the matter is that there's just a basic like like god put intrinsic laws out here in the universe and there is just a basic fundamental principle that like we have to take responsibility for our actions we have to take responsibility for what we're doing and like there is no shortcut there is no magic pill there is no magic potion we've said this since week one that there that have we more faith and a and spoonful a of medicine or a
0: spoonful of medicine and the power that animates the living world.
1: And God put an amazing healing power inside of us that our bodies can come in contact with so many things and be able to heal. We just have to not have the interference. Yep. And, and you guys, like this is why we see miracles in our office and, and we're not like, listen, like it, we never stop loving the miracles. The, the, literally that God lets us see in our office that, that we can have a patient lay on a table and they're laying on the table in faith, right? That, that they get an adjustment, they lay down, they stand up and the power's on, their body is communicating, their brain is sending signals all through their body, they're healing. That's why when, when our patients get adjusted, we say the power's on because now they're healing and it's literally incredible and it never gets old.
0: That's awesome. If you guys, you know, that's a great the great place to say, you know, the five appointments that we have open for every radio show every week. If you're interested, if they, if you're hearing that and you're like, "Man, I need someone to help lead me down the right road. I'm I know I'm consuming the wrong amounts of sugar. I know I'm doing things wrong. I it sounds like I need to be adjusted." The number is 513-755-3583. Um it's been fun. Every week we fill up those five spots. And I can tell you that people from week one and two, they're already going through their corrective care and they're already coming off medications. They're already seeing changes. They're already healing. And it's just been fantastic. In fact, we had, you know, one patient that came in through a community dinner and another one that came in through a radio show, both apply to work in our office because we're looking <laughs> for a new staff member because they loved our office so much. You know, let's get back to this because I want to yeah. go through these. Um, sugar, if sugar's bad, what's worse than sugar? Uh-oh. Are all the artificial sweeteners? Did yes. I lose you here. Yes. And so, artificial sweeteners. There's over five thousand products containing aspartame. There's you know thousands of products contain things like sucralose. Aspartame is phenylalanine, aspartic acid, uh, methanol, which is wood alcohol, and then the uh, methanol is actually heated to over eight hundred and sixty degrees and is converted into formaldehyde and formic acid which um, is something that can poison, you know, we used to poison ants and this accumulates in our cells. It's not a diet product. It's literally a poison.
1: It's literally a poison. You guys are smart people listening to this. You hear those words. You're thinking that can't be good. And we're here to tell you, no, it is absolutely not good.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, formaldehyde is produced in the process. Then sucralose is a chlorinated version of sugar. And chlorine, when our body metabolizes it, it actually breaks down into two different um, f- chemicals. One of them is chloroform, and the other one is a, uh, a- another toxic chemical. I can't remember the name of it. They're both actually – it's um, uh, uh, methyl triethylene or something like that. They're both um, – they're actually both carcinogens, and they actually cause cancer.
1: So the artificial sweeteners are literally killing us.
0: Literally causing cancer and killing us. So that was the first path to, to uh, Alzheimer's dementia is you know sugar and uh, that whole type 3 diabetes. The second one would be gut dysfunction. Um, gut dysfunction can be caused by excess sugar. It can also be caused by processed foods. But the number one thing that we see that causes gut dysfunction is something that we do to try to get healthy when we're not feeling well. What is that, Ash?
1: Let me guess. Is that taking...
0: Antibiotics. An
1: antibiotic. Oh, this is bad.
0: Antibiotics literally destroy the entire lining of our gut. And so when they do that, they literally create a situation where um, we start developing these other bacteria and anaerobic bacteria but when our gut becomes uh, so dis, you know, uh, what's it dis- gut dysbiosis when we don't have the right bacteria, then we can't absorb the nutrients, when we can't absorb the nutrients. We're not feeding our body, we're not feeding our body, we're not feeding our brain.
1: And you guys, we have no idea currently the situation that we're creating through these antibiotic usage through ourselves and through putting them in these animals that we're that we're eating and what like what is coming on us in the future of us being able to like us taking an antibiotic and urinating it out and putting it back into the world and animals doing the same thing. We literally like the the, the strands of, of disease that we're literally building right now and the resistant, the antibiotic resistant diseases. I mean, we literally have no idea what is about to like descend upon us with what a, what a mess we're creating through all these antibiotics. So it's really time to get off of those guys.
0: Yeah, they're destroying our gut, they're destroying our our brain health and so you know, if you're if you're interested in learning more about the gut brain connection, go back and we actually did a podcast on that. So go on the podcast app on your iPhone, go to drryanlive.com, click on menu and then podcast. Yep. Go back and listen to that week. Uh, like it. Please rate it. If you guys are listening to the podcast, do me a favor. Click that five stars if you like it and rate it and tell us what you think. Put a comment in there. We read those and we love the feedback. Um, share it with your friends and family. You know, click uh, share and share it on Facebook. And we'd love to, love to have uh, some of your friends and family listening to the show. Um, when we, uh, you know, in just a few minutes, we're going to be going over the next three. So we're going to be going over the next three things that can lead us to dementia and Alzheimer's. And we're also going to be giving you some next steps as far as food and chiropractic, what you can be doing. Give us a call at 513-755-3583. If you're interested in getting checked, you're listening to Align Your Health on WKRC the Talk Station.
1: Welcome back. This is Ashley Berlin on Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station.
0: We're going into Alzheimer's dementia. We've been handling this for the last uh, 45 minutes. And we're going to go right now and just talk about the next three things because we talked about already uh, type 3 diabetes leading us there, sugar being the big one. Yep. We five talked-
1: routes to Alzheimer's disease, right? Yep. So,
0: so number one was sugar and, and type 3 diabetes. Yep. Number two...
1: What did we just say? Oh, gut dysfunction.
0: Gut dysfunction. Yeah. Number three, we're going to be talking about bad fats, particularly trans fats. I want you to dive into this one, Ash.
1: Yeah. So trans fats are actually linked to a high risk of memory impairment, right? So vegetable oils Oxidize when heated, and it's so funny. I mean, we've talked about this before, but calling them vegetable oils is yeah, actually yeah. hilarious because there is not a vegetable. Yeah. In vegetable oils. Yeah, there's
0: no so so vegetable oils. So we have uh, we have soybean oil, right? Which is a legume and a bean, right? Yep. Um, we have. Uh, uh, canola oil. Peanut oil is a legume. Peanut we oil. have canola oil, which comes from rape seed. Right. Corn oil, which is a grain. Yeah. Like you, you don't, there's, no, there's not a vegetable oil that's made out of vegetables.
1: Yeah. There's no, there's it's no. just
0: a misnomer that they do on purpose to make you think that they're healthy. The healthy oils are things like
1: avocado oil,
0: avocado oil, grapeseed oil, grape oil, olive oil. Yep. Um, so those are, you know, coconut oil. Those are your big ones.
1: Right. So these vegetable oils, these bad fats, they oxidize when heated and when they're oxidized, cholesterol and trans fats enter into your LDL particles when they become, and they become destructive. So they're contributing to those arterial plaques that build up in your brain.
0: Yeah. So really, what happens is they begin to harden. Once they oxidize, they harden, and when they start hardening in your brain, you get sclerosis. Uh, you know, like think of one of the conditions that we know of called multiple, multiple sclerosis. Yeah. Yep. So stuff ends up in the brain, ends up starting to cause starting to cause ms and and starts causing plaqueing just like it does in your arteries it actually can start doing that within your brain as well so really the problem becomes when we have an, a, a you know imbalanced omega 3 to omega 6 ratio so we got to really be focusing on getting in lots of good omega 3 fatty acids you know those are found mainly in things like you know fish and olive oil and nuts and seeds and um, pasture raised Meats.
1: Ugh, you guys, take a look at your meats.
0: Whatever you Very do, important. the number one thing you should switch if you're going to be switching to organic is getting rid of any conventionally raised meats. Switching to organic, and actually, organics not enough. You need to switch to pasture raised. Your animals should be eating what they're supposed to eat, and when they are eating, you know, grass instead of grains. When fish are eating sea vegetation instead of uh, pellets right. or whatever then um, those animals are not inflammatory and therefore the LDLs are really low in them. Uh, Number four, so that was um, bad fats. Trans fats was number three. Number four is toxins. And the big ones for Alzheimer's are coming from mercury fillings. We talked about that in our toxicity. We did it. It was toxicity? Yep. Toxicity and uh, yeah, we did that in our toxicity podcast. Go back and listen to that. Uh, on iTunes, you can find that podcast by looking for "Align Your Health." Fluoride—that's another one we talked about. Um, so, fluoride—it uh, was another uh, chemical we talked about in our toxicity. So, I'm not going to go into those huge. Go back and listen to that. Fluoride in tap water, fluoride in our—you know—in our, our, you know, in our um,
1: dental treatments. dental treatments—it's
0: right. been shown actually to lower IQs uh then mercury again in vaccines here's the thing if we thought mercury fillings were bad listen to this you ready for this this is crazy but elemental mercury that they use in mercury fillings uh, is dangerous it can actually distort brain cells but you take elemental mercury and then you ramp it up 1000 times its toxicity and convert it to ethyl mercury and that's what they put in vaccines And then on top of that, they add aluminum to the vaccine, multiplying the effects of the mercury. So now it's like 10,000 times more toxic than elemental mercury. I just read a website from a well-known wellness doctor where he was like, oh, vaccines aren't damaging because it's just um, uh, thimerosal, which is the... uh, you know, preservative form of mercury. Yeah, it's uh, 10,000 times more dangerous than <laughs> elemental mercury, which you're not even allowed to break open a thermometer. Um, formaldehydes classic is to- uh, classified as toxic. It's in flu shots as well. There's no long-term safety studies um, that van- vaccine max- manufacturers can draw from on the effectiveness of the flu shot. But I'll tell you this. You ready for this one? Uh, there's a research that was done between 1970 and 1980. They showed that people who had five consecutive flu shots – they followed them over the years, and they had a 10 times higher risk of developing Alzheimer's than people who had one or two shots or no shots at all, just due to the gra- gradual buildup of the mercury and the toxins in their brain over time. That's crazy. So number five, and the number five way to end up with Alzheimer's and dementia is subluxation. Subluxation. Subluxation in the spine and never never getting adjusted. You know, growing up, uh, you know, going through a birth process that maybe was a C section or forceps or some sort of extraction, going through life and doing gymnastics, cheerleading, football, sports, right? Yep. Getting in a few car accidents, maybe working a physical labor job, um, sitting behind a desk for years and just destroying your posture. And all those things start building up in our spine and start creating damage in our spine. Like we talked about at the beginning of the show, there's Nobel Prize research that says that 90% of the health and function of the brain is dependent on what?
1: The communication, right? And the
0: healthy movement. The
1: healthy movement. Of the spinal column. The spinal column. Um, You know what's interesting, and and this is coming to me now while we're talking about this, is that as someone who did not grow up under chiropractic care, um, I, I will say that I was definitely fearful of going to a chiropractor really yeah and you know even the first yeah yeah i will definitely say i I was fearful of it i didn't understand you know like what was going to happen um and and we've even had patients come into our office where where they're you know a little fearful of a neck adjustment or just you know of adjustment of their spine and the interesting thing is is that um Once I came into the office and once I started getting adjusted and I really learned about um, how small the movement is. Right. And and just how important and crucial, I think, um, just the education behind understanding that this like besides my relationship with, you know, God and my Savior, Jesus Christ, I would say in my family, the next most important thing is that this, this, the most important thing that we could talk about is just how chiropractic and how the nervous system and how our bodies heal and function and being able to spread that message is absolutely crucial. And in understanding that, I think it removed so much fear of going to the chiropractor.
0: Well, and that's why the first step in our office has nothing to do with getting adjusted. The first step is about doing a consultation, talking to you, finding out where you're at in your health, how we can help you, doing an EMG scan to evaluate the health of the nervous system, getting an exam done to see the range of motion and see if there are problems in the spine. Then lastly, taking some x-rays and then evaluating them. Then on your next visit, the very first thing we do. So on your second visit in our office is we just sit down and discuss where there are problems in your spine. Um, what's weird is that a lot of people come in, they crack their own knuckles. Maybe, maybe they like, like, you know, you like to pull on the kid's toes. They hate that. Uh, Some people crack their own neck or crack their own back. And really what we do in our office is so much more specific. And in most cases, so much more gentle than what people are even doing to themselves. And, uh, really we're only moving the segments that need to be moved. And in most cases, those people are moving way more than needs to be moved. And so it's actually much more aggressive and much more, um, you know, it's just, they're, they're just doing much more movement than we're even doing. in each right. adjustment. No,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: You know, um, I want to go over a couple of things before we wrap up today and just talk about some of the big things, you know, some of the supplements that are really important when it comes to brain function are your omega-3 fatty acids. So taking something like a fish oil supplement or maybe more comprehensive one like we use at Max Living, which you could find on our website. If you look at alignhealthcenter.com, you can click on store and go check out some of the products. But the, um, you know, optimal omega that we use, uh, you know, it's like in the perfect ratio of omega threes and sixes. Um, that That's just such a great supplement for decreasing that brain inflammation. You know, another one is CoQ10. If you go back to our talk on um, heart disease. We just did a few weeks ago on our podcast. Go back to that one. We talk about how if you're on a statin, it's blocking CoQ10, and how CoQ10 is so important for brain health. CoQ10 is another one that if somebody has, you know, signs of you know things developing, problems developing that might lead to Alzheimer's or dementia, you have to be taking CoQ10. Um, avoiding, you know, like we said, avoiding immunizations and shots is a huge one. But let's just talk about some of the foods for a minute. Right. That some of the key foods, and you study this um, this nutrient a lot, which is folate, and how important folate is for brain function. Um, But just tell me some of the food sources where we can find folate.
1: Right, so you can get folate um, in spinach. You know, and
0: actually, before you even go into that, because we got a couple more minutes. I just saw you take a supplement a few minutes ago. What were you taking?
1: <laughs> I took a CoQ10. CoQ10.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you also every day take what?
1: I take a B vitamin. I take a B complex, a methylated version of a B complex. And then so you
0: also take
1: folate, right? I take so a methylfolate. like the things
0: that we just talked about. Now, why do you, why do you take those?
1: <laughs> I love this. I, this is this is good. Um, so uh, I take CoQ10 because um, it's one of the key uh, points in the Krebs cycle to activate energy. So if I'm feeling just, you know, like a little bit, a little bit sluggish or a little bit tired, that's why I would take a CoQ10 personally. Um, I take my B vitamins because I, um, have an MTHFR genetic polymorphism.
0: Yeah. But in reality, you take all these because you know that, but, but what led you, like, what's the one condition that you've dealt with for Oh, anxiety. Yeah. Right. Which is a brain-related thing, right? Yeah.
1: Anxiety is a brain-related thing. Yep. Absolutely. And so,
0: so we're talking about the things, and I just want people to understand this. Like, this is something we do. Oh, like, yeah. This is something you do. Yep. Like, you yep. have this risk in your family of Alzheimer's and dementia, and you have this yeah. You know and my methylated ang- anxiety that's that you've dealt with for years and it right. took us years to figure this stuff out. Like you guys are listening to this. You're listening to stuff that literally took Ashley and I years to figure out. Oh yeah,
1: this is ten years of research that, that we're listening to. So you to.
0: take CoQ10, you take B vitamins, you take folate every single day.
1: Right. And my, my methylated folate vitamin that I take is literally ground spinach. So, all right, so, go, so I,
0: sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to. No, go no, back no, those. it's great. I love what it. What are the major sources?
1: I love it. So, yeah, with the folate, um, we're looking at spinach. Like, I take so I take all of those supplements, but I also take a handful of spinach and put it into a shake um, every single morning. You can have artichokes. You can have broccoli, brussels sprouts, avocado, papaya. Lentils, I mean, asparagus, there's so many, um, even kidney beans and black beans have folate in them. There's so many natural sources that you can be eating to make sure that you are getting um, green leafy, vet- green leafy uh, lettuce has a lot of the folate. I eat a and gigantic salad every single day because I have to.
0: Also in those foods, most of those foods, all your dark leafies, nuts and seeds and avocados like we talked about, they also contain high amounts of magnesium. Magnesium helps with all that inflammation because it calms down the atherosclerosis that yes. happens in the blood vessels and also in the bl- in the brain. So all that sclerosing that can happen in things like MS um, or any brain dysfunction, um, you really need to be eating those foods also because of the magnesium. And then zinc is another key element um, for the brain. And zinc is found in um, – now this is less in the green leafies. This is more in like grass-fed beef, pastured lamb, uh, Pa- pastured chicken, also in spinach, kidney beans, flax seeds. So zinc, folate, B vitamins, CoQ10. Those are some major things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: let's wrap up one more time. Just uh, you guys share the podcast, check us out on uh, uh, on our website at Align Your Health, and uh, we just really appreciate you guys tuning in this week.
1: It's yes, absolutely. And if you'd like to give us a call and schedule an appointment in the office, the number is five one three. 755 You can check out our website at AlignHealthCenter.com or you can check out the podcast on Dr. RyanLive.com.
0: Thank you guys for joining us. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station.